for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 56. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, We're going to have Henry McKenna, 10-year-old today. Breakfast bourbon. Well, actually, it's like afternoon bourbon. I feel like a gentleman right now. Well, 2 o'clock, you know. That's a a gentlemanly sip. It's one of our favorites, man. I almost brought this Coming back to 10-year-old Henry McKenna. Did you? You Yeah. I almost brought that bottle down. And we got another great guest. We've got Jace Morris with us today from Firekind. Welcome, Jace. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to join us with a drink today? I'm already on it. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't eaten for ages, so it's going to hit me. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. What what are you you having? I got uh, just a straightforward Jack Daniels Tennessee honey. There you go. Okay. Okay. With the honey. All right. All All right. right. Perfect. All right. Well, cheers, Jace. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to you. Cheers. Mm. So, Jace, we're mid afternoon. At least you're, uh, you know, your evening. So, <laughs> so but hey, <laughs> yeah. this is this bourbon's awesome. So it is. Yeah. That doesn't feel. It makes it feel like uh, we're doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jace, we've been told you guys don't have a lot of choices over there for whiskey when you when you go looking. Is that right? No, that's that's true. You go into the supermarket and it there's quite a lot of wines and stuff, but when it comes to whiskeys, there's you know Jack Daniels, um, a few of the brands and stuff. Jim Beam. Re- yeah, yeah, that's it. You have to go. You have to drive for a bit to some boutique places to get the fancy stuff. I'm sure it's cheap too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the exchange rate. Um, but yeah, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. <laughs> Well, Jace, I've been listening to Firekind's work, man. I'm really excited for this episode. So, oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm pretty pumped. Uh, but before we get deep into it, where exactly are you at? So I'm in a deepest South Devon of of the UK, um, in a county called Devon, okay, and a little town called Newton Abbott, which uh, it's quite a small place. Uh, nothing much happens. <laughs> which uh, just leaves loads of time to like play guitar and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So did you grow up there? Yeah, pretty much. Always down in, in, in South Devon in the UK. Um, a lot of nice countryside hills. Got the um, moorland quite nearby. So it's, it's really nice. And then, you know, London's like maybe three, four hour drive. 
So it's it's not too bad. I suppose in in the states, everything's three four hour drive, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. it just depends. Like we're real close to a city, but yeah, everything is so separated here for sure. Big big place. Big place. Is yeah. the whole band in the same area there? Yeah, yeah. We're we're pretty uh, localized in in down here. So um, bassist lives about you know fifteen minute drive, and drummer same. So, uh, yeah, it's, it works well. But when we can get out and play together yeah. and rehearse, it's it's quite easy. Well, Jace, why don't you start us off? Why don't you go back to childhood and tell us about your earliest memories of music and at what point did you realize music was going to be something important in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So my dad was um, probably the most major, major influence and factor in my life, uh, him being a, a gigging musician. Uh, always out playing and stuff and there'll be guitars always around the house so it was it was only a matter of time really before um I, i'd end up picking up an acoustic acoustic guitar when when i was about sort of 11 years old but you had it around you since the beginning huh yeah yeah pretty much pretty much so do you always remember dad as a gigging musician did he do that for a career did he do something uh, did he work a full-time job and play music yeah you know he never quite made the big time uh with with regards to his band but uh he, you know he was gigging sometimes you know three four times every week mm. on on the sort of semi-professional circuit and yeah it really caused uh, a huge impact to me in in a positive way and i remember the, the very first time i went to see him play um it just blew my mind you know i'd, I'd never experienced the volume you know music at that volume and then <laughs> and then yeah the excitement from it um and it, i think it was that point which i was you know, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. When you were growing up, even before you had a, a guitar in your hand, did he play around the house too? Or did he spend most of his uh, practice time outside of the house? Yeah, to be honest, um, it, it was uh, mostly at gigs and stuff that he would do that. And every now and then he'll be playing around the house. But, um, uh, you know, when when I picked up my my first instrument, he gave me a couple lessons and stuff and, and then just kind of left me to it, really. Give gave me a a VHS cassette, you know, tuition tape of uh, Robin Ford, and I uh, just sat down and and listened to that and 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 learned from it for like eight hours every night growing up. <laughs> so, so yeah, you, so you you, you were, were obsessed, yeah. yeah, you were obsessed almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, he's like, "Come on, go out and chat to girls or something." You know, I was like, "No, I'm, I just want to play guitar." <laughs> <laughs> what have I created? <laughs> yeah, in it, in it for the long term. Eh? <laughs> Did you pick up guitar pretty quickly? I I think so. Yeah, I mean, it must it must have been some form of like um, hereditary thing there, where, where your muscle uh, muscle memory through through family. I don't know. Um, and you know, he he taught me uh, "Rebel Rebel" by David Bowie mm. as, as my first lick. And I remember when I figured out how to play it, I was just like, wow, this is amazing, you know, <laughs> and showing all my friends and stuff. But yeah, it was just, it was just a case of like, I totally fell in love with the guitar, you know, and that, that's all you need, I think, to, to then dedicate a hell of a lot of time to it. And yeah, like I got home from school and then I would just play guitar constantly and, until my, my dad would knock on the door and say, come on, son, you know, it's time to relax now. It's 10 p.m. curfew. <laughs> See, you know, I, I, I... I think when players, people have 
an, a family member that plays music growing up yeah. in the house. It's it's super important. And, you know, like the question asked, do you think that it came easy? I think it's almost, it's a, it's a tough question because you probably were ear trained without knowing that you were ear trained. But like you said, you, you would have to get that knock on the door to stop playing. You would, you know, spend eight hours working on the tape. The part of it was yeah. the ear training that you got made it easier for you to find those notes. But I'd imagine that the love for it and all the things that you got prior to led to you spending that time and actually honing the skills. So I think it's like a... Yeah, there's I, nothing I, easy about playing eight hours a day. No. Yeah, I mean, that that is just putting in the work. So a lot of easy, easier maybe, but yeah, nothing yeah. easy about it. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the more you do it, the, the more it becomes natural, isn't it? And Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, Steve I Passion and Warfare. That that CD would would be in my CD player constantly, and I'd just I'd be really good at rewinding, pause, play, <laughs> rewinding, pause, play to pick up every nuance of his playing. Um, and now you know nowadays you can like chuck it in an app, slow it down, mm. you know, expand the waveform and and stuff. But you know, back back when it was just CD, I think it, it was a bit harder, but it kind of was is a bit more beneficial for the long term because you could sort of pick up it by ear but and and practice that yeah and you really had to catch those the small in, 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 intricacies yeah yeah hey there it does. <laughs> you had to really catch those on your own you know you couldn't get the you know you got to do a double up stroke on this to get that yeah. sound and you really had to hear it and, and pick that out and find those things, which probably even made you more ear trained and, and a better player overall. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd say so. And, and like, um, these days, uh, I, it's just so amazing and you can just go into like YouTube and, and type your favorite song that you want to play and someone's going to ch- teach it to you. And that, that's what I do nowadays. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just so convenient. Yes. It's just, it's a wonderful thing, I think for new players and, and some of the new players these days, like, and that's some eight-year-old kid and he's just blowing your mind. Yeah. <laughs> he's blow, blowing your mind, you know? Major, it's a major advantage if if they, you know, take the time, if, if they fall in love with the music. I think that's the, that's you've got to love yeah. it. And then that's you'll true. seek those things out. Yeah. So you started playing at 11 years old. What age did yeah. you start playing with other people? I think um, I, I had a good friend in school. Um, my, my My best friend, he was... Uh, also very musical and we were like sort of friendly rivals you know and every lunchtime we'd, we'd go to the music block and and you know plug in the guitars and play really loud and then back back to the classes with a head slightly dizzy you know because we've been playing <laughs> so loud <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that was maybe it was when I was about uh, 13 or 14. Did you find uh, that friend friendly rivalry to push you all both to be better players? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know, to this day, he he's actually out uh, in in like um, the French Riviera playing playing on like super yachts and stuff. Okay, wow, yeah. So um, I always see like pictures on his social media of him like playing on some like multi million pound yacht, <laughs> <laughs> and and he gets a tip, and that that tip is more than like a gig, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it. But, um, you know. I'm, he went down that route and which is amazing, I think, but go I'm going down the sort of original stuff route, which is uh equally rewarding, I think, and challenging in its own way. For sure. 
So at what age did you uh, start writing your own music? Quite early, actually. Really? Um, I think I actually started writing music before the guitar. Really? Huh. And it doesn't really count because my first ever tape, uh, cassette tape I bought was Paul McCartney's Greatest Hits. And I remember listening to the whole album. I absolutely loved his songs and his melodies. And um, uh, for some reason in my head, I thought I would, I would just rewrite all of his songs. And, and yeah, <laughs> like he had a song called Sea Moon and I just changed the C to like B Moon. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, that's my song now. <laughs> and I, um, you know, as a kid, you're, you're just slightly deluded, aren't you? And I, I thought, you know, I, I rewrote like a few little lyrics different for the for the whole album, and I was like, "Yep, written my first album." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it definitely started you on your way. Yeah, yeah. Especially after the, such critically acclaimed uh, work on your first album. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> hey, if Paul McCartney got it, man, if you just changed a couple words, <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah. But yeah, I'd say that's I'd say that's kind of where it started, and always been sort of creative. I think. When did you connect with uh, your bandmates in Firekind? Yeah, so um, bassist is my brother. So we've been on oh, this cool. similar, yeah, we've been on a similar journey, you know, right from the start. Um, I grabbed basically, I, I grabbed the guitar first, and he grabbed the bass by necessity. So, uh, yeah. We've talked about that. A lot of bass players are by necessity, especially when you're in <laughs> yeah. a family with a really good guitar player. Like, I guess I'm playing bass. Mom, dad said no <laughs> yeah. drums in the house, so <laughs> yeah. I guess we're getting a bass. <laughs> Imagine how many more drummers there would be if, um, like, every house had a like soundproof garage. There'd be so there'd be so many more drummers. I think. Oh yeah, no it goes down to like logistics, doesn't it? And neighbors, <laughs> neighbors, <laughs> neighbors for sure. <laughs> Drum, drum. The drums are such an amazing instrument, aren't they? So it, it's it's kind of a shame, really, that there aren't more drummers, especially good ones. Yeah, yeah. they can keep time. That's even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, uh, is younger or older brother? Uh, he's a couple of years older than me, actually, but um, similar. Did, did you guys age. start playing about the same time, or was he playing before yeah, you? Yeah, yeah no, pr- pretty much. Um, so you know, our dad just gave us gave us um, a bass guitar. And and an acoustic guitar at the, like a very similar time, like he had spare ones, and and then you know I I just grabbed one and he grabbed the other, and then and then that was it really. So yeah, it was very it was pretty much the same time. And did you guys have the same like trajectory as far as picking music up quickly? Do you think he had the same uh, ability that you did as far as just feeling it and getting it? Did he practice eight hours every day after school? It's a bass now. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> Uh-oh, bassists are going to be mad at you, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's four strings, so... Was it? Half, half hour in, yeah, six. that's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, because he's actually right-handed, he's, sorry, he's actually left-handed, but Ooh. we had a right-handed bass, and um, I think, you know, our dad was like, um, no, you just, just play the right-handed one. I, I can't afford to buy a left anyone. one. <laughs> so, really? So he, he didn't learned, get in the yeah. old flip it over, huh? Did the <laughs> Jimi Hendrix? No, I know. He never, he never did that. But wow. um, in, in, a weird, in a weird way, because he's left-handed and he plays as if he's right-handed. Um, wow. It's, it's, yeah, it's given, this, given him this like really amazing ability of, um, to fit in the groove, Ooh. which... Um, I'm which, just trying uh, to yeah. think of myself trying to strum a guitar with my oh, left it's, hand. It's, it's alien, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you switch it, you're in trouble. I mean, that's not 
my left hand, it, it might as well be gone. <laughs> it's, it's not very useful. <laughs> yeah, it, well, that reminds me of Shadwick Wild. We had a guy on uh, the podcast who plays the guitar. He is left-handed, and he doesn't switch the strings, so he plays with the low E at the bottom and the high E at the top. It's the crazy, like, it's it's amazing. That's a different type of thinking, I think. <laughs> and the sound is cool. It's Yeah, it's different. Yeah. For sure. That's bizarre. Sure. I wonder if your brother, you know, you mentioned him sitting in the groove with, you know, him being, playing with his groove. I wonder if it just makes him play different than if he would have developed as a bass player the other way. Yeah, I think, especially when, when you've got to use your hand, which isn't your your main hand, um, you maybe have to think about it more and uh, fit it into like a like a mechanical framework or something. And mm. and I think that kind of worked in his benefit and, and you know, gave him this real solid groove. Oh man, that's awesome! What's his name? Dan. Yeah, Dan. Dan Morris. All right. So uh, with Firekind, is it is it you and your brother, and then just kind of whoever else around you all, or is it? Do you have a, a set band with you? Yeah, yeah, we got um, an amazing drummer called Robin Shoot, who plays with us. Um, who who's um, you know lives lives locally, and uh, we we just kind of we met him, uh, you know, a bunch of years back, and just hit it off really. And I think the one of the most important thing for drummers, obviously, you've got to get on, which we do. Oh but, yeah. Um, You've all got to fit together, you know, in, in and have the right kind of groove. Because uh, as as a guitar player, I'm, I'm quite um, like on the beat or slightly forward mm-hmm. on the beat. Um, where, whereas some drummers like to sit really far back. So um, we, we we kind of lock together really well on, in that situation. The one thing that if I you know I wrote a couple of, uh, notes about some of the songs that I was listening to, and, and the thing that I thought is there's so much of it, especially the when the harder, heavier, more rock. It's It all drives. It's all on that, you know, the forward leaning, like yeah, you kind of yeah. mentioned. You know, you 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 all really lean into it, which which drives the song forward in a really let's particular way. Yeah, let's listen to one. So the the drummer on the record is actually different to the guy we've we've got now. Is that's um, the drummer on the record is called D Collins, um, who is uh, you know amazing friend. We're still good. We're still amazing friends now. Actually, you know I think for him, he was quite quite a family man and stuff. So it just it was just different uh, different sort of life goals for him. But um, yeah. it was just it was just a case of finding another drummer that fits in the, in a similar kind of pattern. And oh, then, yeah. yeah, Robin Robin just fit right into that. So. Yeah, I didn't on on uh, listening to it. You definitely couldn't find a a drummer that sits in the pocket to play this stuff. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it really wouldn't fit. It just wouldn't. It, it, you need somebody that's gonna kind of lead the charge with you. And and yeah, 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 yeah. So which I'm sure uh, Robin does that. Otherwise, yes. he would yeah. not be in the band. It doesn't matter how <laughs> how uh, close you are. Yeah. <laughs> so let's listen let's, to let's listen to Adrenaline Man because that has nice. that that has that. Just straight in your face, driving forward. Yeah. Okay. You got, you want to tell us anything about adrenaline, Jace? Um, the lyrics are sort of about uh, a, a good, very close friend of mine. Actually, um, she had a, a, like a diagnosis from a doctor, and it was quite a bleak outlook, really. Um, but she's quite a positive person, so it's about 
not becoming that diagnosis, you know, not, not being defined by, by, um, hmm. like some ailment or something. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, screw it and go for it. That, that was the vibe. And That's awesome. It. All right. Adrenaline yeah. fire kind. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, great musicians. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and that's that's a three piece. Yeah, so you know we've been a four piece before, and uh, eventually we decided that three piece was the most comfortable fit for us and and the best. Mm. It kind of it forces you as like as a guitarist, for instance, and as the rhythm section to maybe fill up the sound a bit more and concentrate on your parts to make them better than what they would be if. Or, or more featured if if um if if you're a four piece for instance you you know you got to fit into your twenty five percent of the band mm-hmm. for instance and uh, yeah just a clever use of guitar effects and a bit of drive on the bass sorts it out I think <laughs> yeah and, and there's no need to try to you know fit a uh, what they say a square peg into a round hole if you don't need to yeah know. yeah exactly. And how much easier is it to get uh, a practice together? All you, you yeah. and your brother just got to get the <laughs> yeah, drummer yeah. there, man. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's cheaper on hotel rooms and you get more space in the van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that is a killer tune. Um, yeah, thank you. So you have recently released a uh, the Cry for Help, and on that there were three songs total. Yeah. And um, Have I Been Living, man? That song is amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Appreciate it. Oh, my gosh, man. I listened to it like four times in a row. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. Oh, man. It was, it was killer. It it was, it was, it's beautiful. It is a, just a beautiful tune. Um, Tell me a little bit about that song. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's basically to do, to do with lockdown. Um, in England. That's what I was and, thinking. Okay, yeah. perfect. That's that's perfect because that's that's where I was at. I was thinking, man, is this this recent of a song? Uh, yeah. That and just to kind of uh, let the listeners know, it, it's different than anything else you got. I think. I mean, especially this version yes. of it. It's 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 not going to sound like adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we'd we'd been out in the French and Swiss Alps on a tour and. Um, you know, you'd see a little bit of the virus in the news and stuff, but you know, you don't think it's going to hit come 
night to where you live. So you just kind of ignore it a bit. And we're, we're out having this amazing tour and it's flat out, you know, it's full of round of people. And then um, suddenly all, all, our, all our venues um, started closing. And then, uh, you know, we had three gigs left on the tour. Um, and we only lost like two gigs, actually. And uh, yeah, the, the two gig, the venues shut down. And then we're like, okay, maybe, maybe we need to get back to England before the borders are shut. And uh, we all we all head back to England, and and then we're straight into a, a massive, you know, national lockdown. And you know, I, I live by myself in in my house, and um, it was literally like the only time in my life I I'd been that alone. I'd, I'd never spent that much time away from people, and it mm. yeah, it just kind of made me think, uh, you know, quite quite a bit, especially from going going from like a really intense tour where there's so much input to um just quiet mm. dead silence and uh yeah it makes you think a lot so once you um kind of got the thought process going on this one did it did it just fall out or was this one that you even had to uh, spend too much time working on or was it pretty easy yeah um, it, yeah it just it, it wasn't a difficult it wasn't a difficult track to write um it's quite therapeutic in a way uh maybe it maybe took um you know a couple weeks and uh, when when it came to uh, re- releasing this this EP, which we've just released, and and um, and the the deluxe album, it, it just seemed like the perfect track to you know go on the end and balance off the energy for the from the rest of the tracks. <laughs> stopped me earlier man i that uh, not that all the stuff wasn't awesome but when i guess that one was such a change up from yeah so honest too yeah so i was like whoa yeah Yeah. that's it it's so raw yeah it's so perfect it's perfect well thank you so much that that means a lot to hear that and yeah i think it's you know especially during live shows and if you've got a larger set having a track which brings it down a little bit can can be really quite useful, you know, for for a set. So, 
Yeah. We always like to write, you know, one or two of the quieter tracks, softer tracks to fit in. Sometimes when you when you somebody says something, you put a picture in your head, man. I can see that when stopping the show and just I, cell phones in the air waving back and forth. I mean, <laughs> seriously, man, that, that's one I can see being um, awesome, a, oh, a game changer. The the one thing that I that I did notice while looking at that this new uh, Cry for Help EP is that it's it's 2021. It's the first one I've really seen in 2021 come come our way. Yeah. So. Did you spend, and not only that, but you had a ton of releases in 2020. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, it was, we've been kind of busy, I suppose. Busy, busy. Did you record <laughs> during uh, during lockdown or was that all stuff that was was already recorded that you were just in the process of mixing and, and you happened to be able to, how did that process play out to where you could have so many releases in 2020 and then also come come out with this EP so soon 2021 I think um uh, okay well first of all the, a lot a lot of the tracks were sort of already recorded and you know just sitting there waiting you know the the other stuff which we did record um, I'm I'm lucky enough to have my own studio at, at, at my house and especially with lockdown and spending an awful lot of time at home you know not much to do you can't go out uh, just just gave you know gave me and and the rest of the guys a lot of time to focus on on just get getting stuff out we had some old you know old drum tracks of of d playing uh on on the ep no mm. no stone unturned the rock version that that was um that was d these these drumming from like an earlier demo we had and we just like rejuvenated it and oh, put cool. some stuff on yeah put some stuff on top and and uh, you know you got you got some extra stuff there, so yeah, it's just so just so. No stone unturned was kind of built after the fact. So, you know, you just built it on top of that drum beat. Pretty pretty much. I That's mean, cool. Yeah. So um, you know, we had to you know polish a few bits, but uh, you know, most studios do. And oh yeah, uh, yeah, it was done in my studio where, where I'm where I'm talking now. So yeah, I'm just lucky to have it, really. Hey man, that whole go, uh, go loopy. That's <laughs> what that whole that. editing process is for man. Sometimes stuff needs to be left on the floor and cut out and fixed a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and moved here and uh, arranged there. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, yeah. it, it's interesting though because we we always ask people how they build songs a lot of times and where do they do they start with the melody or do they start uh, with music and and you know as a writer like you said even before you had a guitar you were writing music uh, even if it was changing words or you had this idea <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. so um when you were building no stone unturned was there lyrics and everything was there already a mindset of what you wanted to do or did you just literally like that beat cut it into what you wanted and then start building on that the track is actually a, like a fully fledged acoustic track uh, okay you know, the, all the lyrics are the same the, the arrangement's pretty much the same on on the deluxe album, oh, okay, um, but yeah, and but the choice to make it an acoustic track on the album was was kind of a uh, uh, towards the end of the process of pre production, so we we always had this kind of a bit more upbeat, rockier version, like as the original concept. Okay, so it, yeah, it was just um it was just a process of like bringing that original concept to to life as as, as I'd uh, envisioned it in the first place. And you know, I I love the acoustic the acoustic version of it, but um, it was it was exciting to be able to explore you know the a bit more energy to it. 
And that was off of the uh, deluxe edition of what I have found is already lost, right? Yeah, it's quite a handful in the word sense. but <laughs> Hey, man, it's better than uh, that Fiona Apple album a long time ago. So as long as you keep it under that, man, it should be fine. <laughs> I'd, have to check, I'd have to check that out. Yeah, I don't even remember the title. It was just, it's, it's like 93 Crazy. words. Oh, oh wow. really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no way. Jace, is there a story behind the band name? Yeah, I mean... It's always difficult choosing band names. And we used to be called yeah. uh, we used to be called Rude Tiger, which I, mean, I personally <laughs> love. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally loved that name, but yeah. uh, we had it was very Marmite, you know. Some people would be like, Oh, I thought you were like some crazy psychedelic band. And we're like, No, we're just rock band. And um Let me ask you a question. Does yeah. your studio does your studio have a name? Because Rude Tiger Studios would be pretty oh, awesome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, no, it doesn't actually. I, I need to it give does it a name. Now. <laughs> yeah, every <laughs> Tiger Studios. But before be, before that, we were called the Morris Brothers Band, which is even worse. I think. <laughs> um, that one's easy, at least. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah, they're both easy. Not very creative, but yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I know it's 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 so hard, isn't it? Choosing a band name and uh, and we you know we we kind of we were you know picking names out of a hat and. Uh, we had uh, this like guru we were working with, like um, men- mentor to us, and and he suggested this this name Firekind, which was from uh, like a judge, one of the old Judge Dread comics, okay. something from that. Yeah, so and we we loved the name, and it it seemed quite neutral. You know, you can you can fit it in there and and not be pigeonholed too much. It grabs your attention. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I don't have like I I need to come up with some like amazing f- story. Of how it came to be, you know, but uh, like a meteorite, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a meteorite came down and hit my Scrabble board, and then that word formed pieces. Or, or we were uh, we were driving to our uh, a gig in our van yeah. as a four piece. A meteor came out and took out one of our guys. So now we're three piece, and and we yeah uh, as a tribute. Yeah, that's it. And, <laughs> and we're all kind about it. And, uh, <laughs> There was a fire. <laughs> or we were planning to fire that guy anyway, but the fire kindly did it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm ready to another tune, man. All right. Nice. Sorry. Right. Let's play. Let's uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> if, there's, if there's any reason. One of the main ins- inspirations for this was like uh, a guitar pedal I'd, I'd bought called a Strymon Timeline. And it had this like really cool shimmery sound. And uh, you kind of can hear it in the background, but... Um, I played the, like, I strummed this chord and it gave this nice sort of eerie background noise. Um, and then, yeah, uh, D sort of whack it out, an amazing beat to it, like kind of groove. And then it just kind of fit, you know, it's, it's about, um, it's about, uh, uh, you know, relationships, as I suppose a lot of songs are and how, um, like you just don't want to let go sometimes and, and you know, it might not be right for you. And, uh, you know you need to leave but then if there's anything anything left that you just grab onto it and and stay you know so it's kind of about that well i wrote i wrote down uh this must be directly related to the guitar pedal i wrote down (laughs) about this song chill slash creep (laughs) it's got that creepy vibe man but i think it's that yeah that uh the guitar pedal yeah okay timeline if there's any reason all right
Got a great voice, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, Appreciate it. that's the. Uh, there's a lot of power in that voice, <laughs> and uh, and then to be able to go uh, falsetto and 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 very oh, good. Thanks very much. I, I didn't. It. I didn't always have. Um, uh, my voice basically was terrible for a long time. I think. I, th- I remember the first gig which I which I sang. You know, my my dad was my dad was in the band with us. You know, our first band. Oh, cool. And yeah, he was the main singer, and I remember him saying, "Yeah, come on, son." Uh, you need to sing a song, and I was like, "Oh, oh okay, okay." Then <laughs> he popped that on you on stage. No, no, no. He oh, gave okay. me, yeah, he gave gave me like you know a couple of weeks to rehearse it. But okay. um, the well, very what, was first, the, what was the song? Uh, one of Gary Moore's covers of a blues song called uh, "Looking Back." All right, it's quite a simple track, but um, I remember the very first gig I sang it. I sang it out of tune in the wrong key, and it was the <laughs> most one of the most embarrassing things in my life at the at the time. But um, I suppose you know you got you got to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you develop your vocals after that? Did, were you so embarrassed that you're like, I got to learn how to sing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I always loved like you know the gravelly, distorted, distorted type voice. So I, I went through a long a long phase of like trying to blow my voice in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally did. I I, <laughs> I, blow, I blew my voice and I couldn't really sing. Um, I couldn't really hold notes or anything. So I, I went to a, uh, I had to go and get some vocal coaching and stuff. Oh, wow. And yeah, she she sort of rehabilitated my voice and stuff. <laughs> okay. And, and so taught me how to, yeah. How long ago was that? It was actually um, not long before we recorded the album. It um, worked. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Worked. Yeah, she, she basically taught me how to sing and I, I was singing like just from the throat before and mm-hmm. um. Uh, and she's like, you know, diaphragm. And I was like, wow, you can actually have more power, you know, if you well, use a diaphragm. So, how much did it change your, did it change your voice at all? Or did it just change the, how, how you deliver it? Uh, completely changed, completely changed my voice. Yeah. If, if, if you like were to hear some of the really early stuff, um, I, I kind of sound a bit like a, a dying cat, you know, <laughs> 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 but it's all, all part of a journey. And, um, and you know, I I like to practice until until things break. And I did the same thing with guitar. To be honest, I I practiced so much that I I had um, like repetitive strain, and that's a whole other story, really. But um, it's just about coming out the other end, I suppose. Mm. Where did you guys record that? Uh, that was in an amazing studio in 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 West Hollywood, uh, uh, at at uh, our producer's studio, Alan Johannes's studio. 11 AD, they were, it was called, um, amazing, amazing experience heading, especially for like, you know, a couple, uh, Devon bumpkins, you know, from the UK heading over to, to Hollywood and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that was fun. And it sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Drum sound is huge. That's huge, man. I love a good snare. Yeah. 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 <laughs> love it. Awesome. I'm sure D liked that when he heard that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was Robin. Cool. 
No, it was that, D. That's right. That, that, that was D. Yeah, it's D on the record. And, well, and, uh, Rob, Robin liked it too because he realized what, how big he could uh, make his yeah, drum sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robin loves loves his snares. So, um, <laughs> you know, he, he's, you know he, if he could buy like a hundred snares, he, he probably would and pick a different snare out for every every track, you know. So, <laughs> that sounds ridiculous to me, but I could have a hundred guitars and choose one yeah. of those for every track and I know <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. How many guitars do you have, Jace? Um, about 30, I reckon. 30, Did you say 30? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to be <laughs> fair, um, a lot of them... Yeah, a lot of them I inherited, you know, from from my dad who who passed mm. away um like 10, 11 years ago now actually. But um so I can't I can't take credit for for buying all of them. But there's some really lush guitars and stuff. I uh, guarantee it if he was a, a giga musician. So that's what's what your he's, favorite? That's what he spent his money on, I guarantee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or what's it, yeah. some of your favorites? There's probably a few, but what are some of your favorites that you have? Yeah, we're guitar yeah, nerds. I'm, I'm a super guitar nerd. <laughs> yeah, we're guitar nerds over here, man. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's I'm so am I. So it's, it's great to chat. But um, I I'm I'm very much like into the guitar which I'm playing at, at the po- the current time, and um, I I'm playing Seth Backus guitars, and they're they're by um, they're quite a small small brand, but they're they're really h- sort of high end. And Seth is is a really good friend of mine. And Ooh. when when he was uh, kind of starting out, he was like, "Jace, I want to make you a guitar," and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay," and oh, he'd, he'd right. be. He built me one and then um, I, I absolutely loved it and I just played it all the time. And it's the guitar which is, um, I used for that track we just played actually, if oh, there's okay. any reason. That was the first one he built for me and four, four guitars later, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing, <laughs> still playing his guitars and, you know, I absolutely love them. If I could buy another 10, I, I would like tomorrow, but... Um, I guess the real question is why, why is there no Jace Morris model? <laughs> huh? That's what we got to talk to him maybe, about. We need maybe, to talk maybe, to this um, guy. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I can work on that in the future. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Off a little sweetness, but um, but no, I it, so I play a Seth back as Nautilus, and yeah, it's just it it's kind of a bit like a Gibson, um, PRS slash. Fender, you know, all, all oh. merged into one with the best qualities of each. Oh, wow. Nice wow. Sustain. Yeah. What would set the Jace Morris model apart from others? If you made your own? If I made my own, well, um, I do love a baritone guitar. Ooh, okay. Uh, and yeah, a lot, a lot of the tracks on the, on what I found is already lost album was, were, were on, were played on baritone guitar. So um, it'd probably be one of those, like a Nautilus baritone awesome. signature model. There you go. Yeah. Now, uh, now, there we go. Now we know what the model is. He's got he's to get on that. He's got right. he, a plan now. Hey, yeah. hey Seth, please. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah, I've got a bunch of uh, Gibsons, couple Les Pauls, quite a, quite a few Strats, and um, like five Music Men guitars as well, which which I love as well. Oh they're, yeah, they're incredible guitars. Awesome. I just love how sort of dinky and they they just feel so nice, you know. Mm, those music men are phenomenal guitars. So what's your favorite yeah. acoustic? I don't really have a really nice acoustic and it, it's something which I need, need to buy. Gotta um, get one. You uh, need to, Jace. You I need know, to. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. <laughs> yeah. Get on it, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd, I'd probably buy like a Martin or something. Um, 
if if I were to to get Nicky Sick or or um or an Andy Manson, which is a guy who made uh, acoustic, acoustic instruments for like um, Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it has to be pretty phenomenal then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> but but um, so is the price tag. So that's that's the only <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's worth every penny for sure. But oh yeah. So Neil is having a custom-made guitar, acoustic guitar, uh, made right now. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Well, nice. and and here's the thing: uh, you too can also have your own custom-made yeah. guitar. So we have a sponsor, uh, Ed Rice Towier Guitars, here in the states. Yeah. And uh, he's partnering with us. But we weren't in this first time we've ever even talked about this. It's kind of just organically yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, oh. He's, we're putting together this con, uh, a raffle contest where you buy uh, a $10 chance. We're selling 300 tickets, and the winner of that raffle gets a, a, a Ed Rice Toyer custom to guitar. Just to work with Ed. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Count me in. Yeah, Count oh, me sweet, in. man. <laughs> yeah, man. He's a, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal guitar builder. And, yeah. Um, Ed, been, Ed Rice, yeah, yeah Ed Rice, super yeah. good Toyer, guy. T O I R. Yeah. So anyway, he's gonna be he's gonna be doing that with us here soon. So yeah, I don't know. I just oh, that just happened. Oh, please, uh, please send me any DLs. I'd love to. I'd love okay. to buy my. Was it ten ten dollars? Ten bucks, man. You can have a ten chance bucks, to own a real quality, amazing acoustic guitar in your collection. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just meant to be, isn't it? It's just it is. <laughs> <laughs> No, definitely. Count, count me in. Yeah. He makes uh -huh. a lot of uh, guitars out of a wood called monkey pod. Have you ever heard of oh, that? Monkey pod? No. Yeah. Where, where, where's, it's a, is it's, that a South American tree? It's a rainforest wood. It's a, um, have you ever, I'm sure you've seen those beautiful carved African wood bowls. The big like yes. fruit. Yeah. That's like, monkey pod yeah. that has oh. that beautiful texture and beauty. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a great tone wood. Yeah. So uh, yeah. he's one of the few people that actually has, has it in the wood that I, if I'm not mistaken, the monkey pod that I'm getting is, is from the 1940s or thirties from Hawaii. Ooh, look at you. Wow. I'm telling you, man. Well, actually that's a nice. top hill recording guitar, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm going to put something on there for you. <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> Yeah, so what does Firekind have coming up in 2021? So uh, uh, we, we do actually have some gigs actually in the diary. So oh, good, know, good. Uh, Thank that's goodness, good to hear, man. man. Good to hear. Thank I'm, goodness. I know. So excited. But obviously, you know, it does does depend on what happens. Yeah. But um, as it stands at the moment, we, we're booking them and and uh, hoping for the best. And we've got, um, we're, we're actually doing a, a tour with, as support for an amazing guy musician with Jack Jack J. Hunts, Hutchinson in, in October. So uh really looking forward to that. That's all all around the UK. Oh, yeah, phenomenal. He, yeah, he's on our list to get on the podcast. Yeah. Oh awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Jack J. Yeah. Hutchinson. Yeah. Yeah. And um uh, we don't have any dates in the States as of yet, but we would obviously absolutely love to. Come on over, man. Stay in touch with us, man, and let us know if you get close to Kentucky. Heck yeah. Yep, absolutely. We'll um, drink some actually, Kentucky um, bourbon. <laughs> and listen to some Firekind. Yeah, yeah jam some Firekind. Hey, man, I've got, all, I've got some acoustic guitars. I'll have my Ed Rice by then. I'll let you uh, jam to that. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Try it out. <laughs> T 
tell us a little bit uh, about Cry for Help. This is the latest release, Firekind release. Yes, yeah. So it's um, it's actually like the last the last single which we're releasing for for the album. Okay, just gone. Um, and you know we whacked a couple tracks on it. Um, and I think uh, the the music video was quite uh, quite a big project for me because we we were going we were obviously you know we had intended to get together as a band and film you know performance kind of music video and on location in different places and and then you know the UK was hit with another lockdown so then you know we weren't able to do that so uh, I had to like figure out some sort of music video idea and um, again I recorded that in my studio where we are now. And just like put up some black drapes and um, spent every night on it for about six weeks. <laughs> really? Did you mix yeah. and everything? Oh, so so we, no, with regards to the track that that was done um, back when we did the album. Oh, okay. video's harder. I'm yeah. sorry, oh, man. Oh, oh, oh you're talking I've, about the video. I, I, I guess you. I've yeah. done video. I think that's harder than messing with the audio <laughs> oh. recording. Most of the six weeks was like me swearing, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> how do I do this? And and then like eventually you YouTube it. You know. Oh, okay, that's how I do it. And then uh-huh. step by step, isn't it? But so you did you did the entire video on your own? Yeah, yeah, oh, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Entire thing. Yeah, dude. I, I I could imagine you were. There's a lot of cuss words in those drapes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're going to go out and let our listeners hear that full track. But before we do, Jace, why don't you tell our listeners that want to follow Firekind, uh, where they can find you, you know, your socials and where where they can find your music and that sort of thing. Definitely. So music-wise, we're we're available on all all the best digital platforms and um, YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and all that. And uh, yeah, head to our website, firekind.com. And um, you can see all our social links from there well, on Facebook, just forward slash Firekind. All right, man. Well, it's been great to have you on the podcast and stay in touch with Top Hill Recording and tag us on Instagram and keep us on Absolute, top of what's yeah. going on with Firekind. Absolute pleasure. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you to you guys. Thank, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. It's been a blast. Here we're going Cheers. out with Firekind. Cry for help. <laughs>